This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. But yeah, he does all sorts of, he does like birthday parties, weddings. I've actually heard a story. He went to a funeral. 21 so gun salute. He does all, he does all <laughs> These are the tales of college football past as you've never heard them before. Our guests tell stories blending team seasons, on and off field moments, memories of personal fandom catastrophe and elation, and yes, alcohol. I'm Jeremy. I'm Matt. I'm Joe. And I'm Kyle. We do the work. You tell the story. These are the college football stories. I'm Mike Allen, and I'm going to tell you the story of Pistol Pete. So, our story begins. Frank Eaton, born in 1860. In Hartford, Connecticut. Surprise that actually kind of surprised me because I always thought that he was born and raised in Oklahoma. Not true. Born in Connecticut. And in 1868, the Eaton family moves to Kansas. So they are not in Connecticut anymore, Dorothy. They're in Kansas. Um, so at about eight years old, Frank Eaton witnesses the death of his father um, at the hands of a gang of, his biography says Southerners. I'm assuming that means like ex-Confederate soldiers that were mad, (laughs) that called themselves the regulators. So he witnesses the death of his father, and obviously that's going to screw you up a little bit. Um, and so he witnesses the death of his father, and that like changes the course of the rest of his life. And he has this friend, this family friend named Moses Beeman. And Mr. Beeman says to Frank, my boy, may an old man's curse rest upon you if you do not try to avenge your father. And like the Michael Jordan meme, Frank Eden took that personally. Um, and he decides that he is going to find these MFers that contributed to the death of his father and avenge them. I'm gonna get these motherfuckers that killed my father. That is my life mission. That is my life goal. So Mr. Beeman, the family friend, gives Frank his first gun. And as it turns out, Frank Eaton is a very, very good shot. Um, 
and he becomes notorious infamous as like one of the best drive shooters so after his father's death his mom and his sister and him moved to what at the time was indian territory spoiler alert it becomes oklahoma um so they moved to indian territory frank his mom and his sister and frank is 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 like the man of the house and is in charge now that his dad his father has passed on um so he has determined that he's gonna a keep his family safe and b get these dudes that killed his dad so he becomes infamous notorious as a sharpshooter um as one of the best sharpshooters in the entire west at the time so frank finds out where two of these guys are that killed his dad um so he goes to the Canadian River, a cabin on the Canadian River, southeast of Weber Falls, and he rode into the clearing where a cabin was located, and he says to the guy, hello, Shan, don't, you don't know me? Camsey, who is one of the dudes that killed his dad, Camsey aims his gun at Eaton, and Eaton shot him dead on his front porch. So, one down, two to go on this revenge mission that Frank Eaton is on. So after, after that, he finds the other dude working cattle in a nearby clearing. And again, he's like, I'm a great shot. Boom, kills that dude. So two down, one to go, other people that killed his dad um, on this revenge, avenge mission. Um, and these guys were known cattle thieves, known cattle thieves. So the Cattlemen's Association was kind of just like, hey, you want to like make this a cattle investigation to prove that these dudes are stealing cattle? And Frank Eaton's like, bet. So they kind of like make it where he was like investigating this whole stealing cattle situation. So it kind of, he doesn't necessarily like get punished for it. They were like, I, we know what happened to your dad. We know these guys are bad dudes. Whatever. We'll 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 make it. We'll wash it. We'll make it even. So, um, after that, um, I don't particularly have in my notes what happened to Danny Mac. Is that uh, is that all the people that killed his father? So Frank doesn't get the chance to kill the other dude. He dies because he was shooting in a poker game. Ah, was that the six-fingered man? I guess so, yes. We're going to go with that. <laughs> um, so, Frank, all the dudes that killed his father are dead, so Frank's kind of chill now. He's like, I, my father's death is avenged. I'm going to, you know, probably think about settling down, finding a wife. So, Frank marries a woman named Oaf, Oaf, Orpha? Sounds right. <laughs> Orpha <Yeah>, Miller. <laughs> um, and they move and get land in uh they get a spot west of Perkins, which is fairly close to Stillwater. It's like 20 to 30 minutes away from Stillwater. Um, and after that, she passes away, and Frank is a widower. He marries again 
to a woman named Anna Rosetta Silix, and they moved to they they moved to another spot in Perkins. Um, and so after that, um, he started a blacksmith shop and moves it to his home in Perkins. And he always wore a cowboy hat, a vest, blue jeans, and um, uh, he had a mustache and he wore, you know, he just, he looked like, when you think of a cowboy, that's what Frank Eaton looked like. Um, and it, it comes to a point where OSU is in need of a new mascot. So, um, he had long hair, he had a mustache, and he would always say, if the girls are going to cut theirs off, I'll let my hair grow. Um, so, <laughs> the young kind of people, a hipster. Uh, much, yeah. <laughs> he's, the, he's, the, he's the first hipster. Yeah, yeah, on the, planet. Him, the OG hipster. He was, he was hipster before it was cool. Um, so, um, young people absolutely loved Frank. They loved hearing the stories about the frontier, living on the frontier. Obviously, he has a cool story. He's like, hey, my dad was murdered, and I fucking went all across Oklahoma, the prairie, and found these dudes and avenged my father's death. Like, that's a cool story. Um, so, um, he always was a really good shooter. And so, in 1923, um, the students asked Frank if he would start posing as OSU's mascot. And so, um, this was after a parade for Armist Day, um, which if you don't know what Armist Day is, it's the day that celebrates the ending of World War II. Um, they, I, I, I'm assuming they had a big parade that Frank was a part of because he kind of, after what happened, he kind of became a part of Oklahoma history, Oklahoma lore. Um, and so at this time, Oklahoma state, it kind of was just like perfect timing where these students were learning about Frank going and listening to his stories and they were like, oh, Hey, our university needs a new mascot because this whole Aggie thing isn't really working for us. We want to be something different because they went from the Oklahoma A&M Tigers because of they wanting of them wanting to be the Princeton of the Prairie. That's also why we're black and orange. Fun fact: um, we wanted to go up. Oklahoma State wanted to be the Princeton of their region, so they adopted their mascot and their colors. Um, so it's Halloween every day at OSU and I love it. Um, so then after that, they became the Aggies because of Oklahoma a and They were like, oh, a and Aggies, it just kind of works. And then after that, in the 20s, they were like, okay, we want a new mascot. Um, and Frank made the perfect pistol Pete. Um, it was kind of this persona. Um, 
he was the original cowboy for OSU. Um, and he did that until he passed away. Um, his last public appearance was in 1950 to 1956. Um, and that's kind of when he stopped, kind of stepped down his peak. Um, but he still, you know, he wrote, he was just a super cool guy. He wrote books. Um, he wrote for, he wrote a column for the newspaper, but basically how he became Pistol Pete. What kind of books? What kind of books? Autobiographies. Because, I mean, if you have the life that he did, why would you not write an autobiography? <laughs> <laughs> like, bro, I avenged the death of a family member and also, like, did prairie shit and, like, did he read uh, that book as a grandfather to a small child? <laughs> Probably. I did. Shit. <laughs> I actually, so I did find OSU Athletics does have footage of Frank Eaton, like doing prairie a, shit. No, <laughs> a, a, what it looked like there was no audio because I think of how old the footage is, but. It looked like it was press for the book that he that the books that he wrote, which is super cool. Um, it was and like it was him like still showing off how good of a shooter he was. He like was doing gun tricks and all sorts of stuff. And the first head for Pistol Pete, it was it was rough. Um, the current was, head is pretty rough. <laughs> listen. <laughs> I love the current head. As terrifying as it is, I love it. But uh, it looks like literally the the mustache looks like it's made of straw. And like, what I think is funny is when Frank Eaton was Pete, I don't think he ever wore something that just like wasn't already in his closet. I think he just like wore his regular wardrobe and just put on the head and was like, now I'm Pistol Pete. Now, how they decided on Pistol Pete, I don't really think is known. I think it's like folklore where there's like lots of different stories and nobody really knows what story is right. Um, but, you know, basically it was this dude that they saw in a parade and was like, you are the last like epitome of cowboy that there is, we want our school's mascot to be the Cowboys, come be the Cowboy. And Frank really loved it. You know, he loved going to games and the attention that he got from it. He loved just being able to, to, to be at a part of OSU. And, you know, I'm looking at a picture right now of him with students showing you know, showing one of his pistols and to see he really he really enjoyed this this whole idea of this persona of this long at the time because this was in 1920. So like the idea of the American cowboy was long gone and Frank was able to kind of almost re-embody that and kind of go back to the way that he grew up and you know, be a, a true cowboy that he always wanted to be. And then, oh, Micah, 
Tell us what Pistol Pete means to you. So, Pistol Pete, what Pistol Pete means to me, that's a really, it's a good question. He is the embodiment of what it means to be an OSU cowboy. Um, there's a big thing at OSU called the Cowboy Code. Um, that we live by. Um, we always finish what we start. And um, we always finish what we start. That was like the biggest thing for me is like I wanted to I wanted to finish what I what I what I began at OSU. And I think that that's what, what the cowboy spirit embodies is like if you are committed to something you're committed it doesn't matter you know what your circumstances are this is this is what is important to you this is what matters and and you need to you need to finish it and i think that that's what got me through a lot of hard times at osu um i say that i i i i i feel like it just it embodies what it means to be a cowboy. It means, you know, it means making making lifelong friends. It means making the the people that are gonna be with you for the rest of your life. It means deciding what you're gonna do with your career. It it means it means a lot to me to, to be a cowboy. Um, you know, cowboys are rough, they're resilient, they're they're determined, and and I've always loved that about OSU. I've always loved that's what it means to be a cowboy. So that's kind of what Pistol Pete means to me, and I I I think that that that's what Pistol Pete embodies. So if if we were going to do a Big Twelve Hunger Games, oh, with all oh with all the with all the different mascots. Who would win? What's the like? What are the finals like? Kind of look like. Where Where do you envision list this? What do you envision this looking like? Okay, L- so list them, list them out for us. Who do we so got? The, the first people to die in my. <laughs> I think Mike is going to do it for us. We'll be good. <laughs> because so the first people to die, in my opinion, just because this makes sense in my brain, because of how many Big Twelve mascots have guns, is the birds. Yeah, birds yes. are dead. So yep. you got. So yeah. you got you got you got Jay, the Jayhawk. I don't really know his name, but then you got he's got like he's got like a sidekick named Little Jay, I think. Yeah, there's They're Big Jay and Little Jay. Yeah, done. Yeah. They're both dead. Cyhawk is or, uh Cy at Cyhawk. That's the name of the rivalry. I've done. Anyway, Cy is dead because he's See a you, Levi. Yeah. Bye. 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 <laughs> Because Pistol Pete and Raider Red and the Mountaineer are just like, it's 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 duck season. So, birds are dead. Then you got Bevo. I feel like Bevo's probably dead too, fairly quickly, just because ammo. That's um, not their, bo- their boosters would kill him before he wasn't <laughs> performing up to the level that they expected. <laughs> So you got Bevo. Bevo gets turned into steak, mm. and then you got let's see the bear. 
I feel like mm, the bear would hold its own. Because bears are fairly scary. Yeah, no, I don't know if any of the we we talked about the caliber of weapons. I don't know if the Red Raider or the or Pistol Pete are packing enough caliber to take down a bear. Yeah, yeah, no, they're not. They're not. They're, there's no like bear tranquilizer guns right? in their are in their arsenal. So the bear well, maybe maybe they could catch the bear eating the Sooners and their horse mascots. <laughs> like bears yeah. a little hungry, starts devouring the horses. Yeah, the bear looks at the horse and he's like, mm, meal. <laughs> so I feel like sooner after all the birds and Bevo, Boomer and Sooner are dead. They're done. Done skis. So then you got the bear. And then you got the mountaineer. The mountaineer probably knows how to kill a bear. Maybe trap them. Yeah, the, the mountaineer would definitely know how to trap a bear. So then the bear gets trapped. Now the bear is dead. But then you got Willy. What do you do with Willy? The wild cat. You free him. (laughs) (laughs) Tiger King. Oh, yeah. You send him him to Tiger King in Oklahoma. You're like, all right, let's go. Bye, Willy. (laughs) Go live on a, go live on a, go live in an enclosure for the rest of your life. Be happy. All right. We have the final four. We have Texas Tech, TCU, West Virginia, Oklahoma State. So Super Frog doesn't have any weapons. So Super Frog is dead skis. Oh man, I thought that radioactive gigantic frog would last a little longer. <laughs> First Wait, final what? four in TCU's history. Wait, hold on. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Super Frog is radioactive? Well, I'm pretty sure if it gets that big, it's gotta have been mutated somehow. Godzilla okay, so if it's Godzilla, that's different. That changes some shit. <laughs> Definitely got, could take could take down uh, Yosemite Sam. If it's got like radioactive spit and all of that junk, like Godzilla, that changes some stuff. Like Newman in Jurassic Park with the uh... yeah. <laughs> but so I feel like. Like I said, just just due to the fact that Superfrog has no weapon, Superfrog is dead. You can just step on Super. Yeah. True. There's a Superfrog in my boot. <laughs> so Superfrog is dead. So now we got Raider Red, Pistol Pete, and the Mountaineer. So. Hmm. That's actually, I feel like Raider Red doesn't carry any sort of guns other than pistols. Well, we've already established that Pistol Pete also carries a shotgun, so he technically could be Pistol Shotgun Pete, right? Right, right, right. Doesn't roll off the tongue quite so well, but... But Raider Red only has his dorky little little cartoon pistols. And tortillas. And (laughs) (laughs) tortillas. And tortillas. So I feel like what what Raider Red would do was Raider Red would try to make an alliance with Pistol Pete being like, yo, I got these tortillas. (laughs) Make some bear tacos. We can make tacos with Bevo. Make some beef yes. tacos with Bevo. 
And then Pistol Pete and Raider Red form some kind of like mini alliance. But then Pistol Pete's like, no, fuck this. <laughs> As they're eating the tacos, Pistol Pete's like, yo, there was poison in those tacos. You picked the wrong taco. You're dead, skis. So Raider Red's dead. <laughs> and and then Raider Red's looking at him and he said, I can't quit you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So now we got Pistol Pete and the Mountaineer. The one thing that the Mountaineer has on his side is the fact that he ha- he's a survivalist, I feel like. I feel like the Mountaineer Mountaineers are like survival, West Virginia mountains i've lived on moonshine and whatever else i'm running on pure moonshine right now i don't really care what happens i'm gonna do what i have to do to keep my still hidden and, well so also i feel like pistol pete and the mountaineer are very very similar in their sharp seating abilities so I feel like it would be a fairly fair fight, but also I feel like Pistol Pete would win solely on the fact that the Mountaineer is from like the early 1800s. Pistol Pete has more sophisticated weaponry. It's true. So therefore, he's he just like shooting holes in walls at 95. So boom, headshot. Too. Right, right. So Pistol Pete wins the Big 12 mascot. Hunger Games Challenge. (laughs) There you have it. That is the story. And these are the college football stories. Was it 100% accurate? Yeah, that sounds right. Follow us on Twitter at the CFB Stories. Also, see all of our inebriated storytelling podcasts as part of the Stories Podcast Network at the Stories Pods on Twitter as our guests rewrite the past across various sports. Alcoholic drinks are consumed voluntarily by our guests at their own discretion. Please drink responsibly. So he would have almost been 100. (laughs) Closing in on 100, walking around with a loaded gun on campus. Only in That's Oklahoma. some prairie shit. So, <laughs> I found this picture of one of the books that he wrote being read. Uh, so I'm just going to share this. This is this is <laughs> Fred Savage about Nico Montoya. Oh my gosh. Does Pistol Pete have to uh, apply for a license to carry in the state of Oklahoma? That's a great question that I actually don't know the answer to. If it's blanks, do you have to have a license to carry blanks? Every state's different. I feel like in Oklahoma, they'll just be like, nah. You can have guns. It's fine. Texas, None of of this surprises me about Oklahoma, Texas. (laughs)
if he can't actually shoot anything, what he'll do is he'll just do gun tricks. Like he'll just like spin around his finger and do just different cool stuff. Prairie shit. Yeah. Prairie <laughs> shit. Yeah. If the school ever really needs to kind of go a little more PC, that they could use like the term pistol from like a flower and they could just replace both of these guns with flowers. <laughs> or it's like the clown gun where it's just a flag that says bang. Bang. <laughs> bang. Or it's water guns. Like they replace the gun emoji with the water gun emoji, which makes, as an OSU fan, makes me very upset. I don't want a water gun. What I'm trying to say if this is firing. Uh, you know, that's one of the my favorite things about college sports is when people make fun of the other schools, either their signs, their chants, or their mascots. I think that's, like, just my favorite thing in the world. And so, yes, when, when people find something like that that's like a hot button, that's wonderful. I mean, your school's mascot were people that stole other people's land, so, you know. Eventually, we, we we originally started as boomers, and then they were like, nah, not cool enough. We'll be Sooners. They're way cheatier. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.